Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Thank you so much for being here. If it's your first time, welcome. This is the show we talk about investing in cannabis. Startups, founders, investors, how to get there, how to make it, how to start. Welcome. You're going to learn a ton here. Uh, Today, we have a very special episode. I've been looking forward to this one. As I alluded to last week, we have a special guest host, Jocelyn of Headset. You're going to be seeing a lot more of her. She did a really great job. I, I didn't give her any topics, any notes, any timing. She sat down. She winged it for 15 minutes. Uh, And she did a pretty great job. Um, I'm pretty excited about the future. We also have Sam. She interviews Sam of the ADA, which is a really, really important Arizona organization uh, for helping companies get off the ground there. They offer all kinds of resources. Um, We did this interview out in Arizona. At the golf tournament, this is one of the three that we did. Uh, Particularly fun because, again, I wasn't the host. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. So good to see you. It's a gorgeous we're, day. I know, and we're here in person after right. a year plus of friendship That's right. on Zoom and see you later, ADA COVID. meetings. That's right. We're here. Yeah. In real life. We're here in it's real life. It's a beautiful life. thing. I know. May 5th, May in Arizona. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. It's yeah. wonderful to be here. So, okay. It'd be wonderful. So you're what, two years into this industry? Yes, ma'am. And the whole time with ADA? Yes. So can you tell people, well, actually, first, let me set some context okay. because the Arizona market, for me personally, and the headset, I've just been getting to know it over the last year. And so when I first came in and wanted to understand kind of what the supply chain was like, who were the players here, I got introduced to you. And they were said, the community said, hey, you have to talk to Sam. ADA has 70% of the retailers in the community as a part of the network. This is a great place to start and understand about the Arizona market. Yeah. So kind of with that context of just like our relationship and, and partnering together, what tell everyone about what you guys do, what are you representing for retailers? How has it changed from pre-Prop 207 yes. and now being a legal, legal state? Well, I, I love the Arizona market. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, uh, but you know, I think what what makes us special is that we are largely a forgotten or misunderstood market, right? We live in the shadows of the two largest and most mature markets in Colorado and California, and a lot of our huge milestones align with big milestones in other big markets, right? So Prop 207 passed at the same time that New Jersey's Question One did, and when that kind of phenomenon or dynamic happens, we get lost in that conversation, which frankly. Arizona is totally okay with. Um, for and those of you who are watching happen, this, right? Though. Chris Paul, right? Sorry to my Bay Area basketball fans, <laughs> right? But the Suns are on a hot streak, right? And no yeah. one knew the Suns until this year. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where we're at in the cannabis analog. Well, so what changed from Prop 207, and I'm forgetting the prior proposition, because that didn't pass, and that was Correct. just a couple yeah. years so ago. So we can so, all forget it, yeah. So, well, what was the change? And, like, was it a community-driven change? Was it uh, policymakers? Like, what was really driving? Because yeah. it passed with, you know, extreme support. I Correct. don't remember what the actual numbers were. Yeah, but. yeah. So I think there's a, a variety of different factors at play. One is that we lost uh, in 2016 by just a couple of percentage points. And uh, we talked to a couple of like, you know, folks who know numbers 
And just through actuarial tables, we knew that if the same electorate in 2016 voted in 2020, just by the people who passed away who were cannabis prohibitionists in their voting record, right. we would have we would have won. Um, so that isn't to say that we worked hard or we 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 didn't any we didn't change anything because that isn't the truth. We actually dramatically approached reapproached uh, issues of of social inequity. Um, with Prop 207 compared to the question in 2016. And you'll see that in the coming months, the rollout of the social equity program here in Arizona, which 26 licenses are available through that program. Uh, but also some of the, just outside of the licensing, some of the, the equity issues and the community justice reinvestment dollars that are gonna go in. Uh, we have about a quarter million Arizonans that are eligible for the expungement provisions that were a part of Proposition 207. That process starts in the next 90 days. And we're really, really excited about a lot of those non-commerce things that happened with Prop 207. But that also, I think, is the reason why we were much more successful with voters in 2020, to answer your root question, is that the fact is that when we went to the question in 2016 and when we went earlier, and in fact, just fun fact for the folks that are watching this at home, our question for medical marijuana was the same year that, that California did in 1996. So cannabis policy has been alive and well in Arizona for 25 years. And, wow. and we're, we're just lost the first time, right? And, um, you know, thanks to some of the efforts of the Arizona government and, and, and just the, the efforts of the California government, a lot of Californians now call Arizona home. So that, plus just the natural growth and the national, natural adoption and normalization of cannabis, I think really set us up for success in 2020. Yeah. So what's, what is the, the cannabis community like here? And I'll kind of put some context to this in that, so I work with multiple different states or I'm trying to launch headset in multiple different states. So I get really ingrained in the community and I have a good sense of what each cannabis community is like. And what was really unique to me about Arizona was how tight knit and small it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm based in California and I'm all over the state meeting with people working throughout the supply chain. And our culture in California is very different than a lot of the people that I'm talking to on the East Coast and very different than the people that Absolutely. I'm working with here in Arizona. Yeah. So like, how would you describe the community here and the culture of cannabis for Absolutely. someone who's not in Arizona? Yeah, so I think that's a great question and it provides an absolutely wonderful prompt for me to nerd out a little bit on my love for Arizona. So just a totally random fact that is only useful in conversations like this and, and like cocktail parties that are a few cocktails too long, um, uh, is that the, the rooftop air conditioner was not covered by the Federal Housing Authority until 1947. Right? So the fact that Phoenix and Arizona are popular places to live is a post-World War II phenomenon. Oh, which means that there, there really aren't a lot of entrenched communities in the state that have the traditional societal power that we understand today, right? Of course, yeah. there are people who have lived in Arizona for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, um, but those aren't the folks that are traditionally um, and, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, not rightfully in those positions of power. But with yep. that context, I just wanted to lay out the fact that, that because of that newness, right, we don't have, you know, legacy families to run up against or, you know, these like longtime yeah. fiefdoms that have, that have like built power. So it's relatively easy for someone to move to Arizona and create their own future. And you see that in any industry. And I think most predominantly in cannabis, since really that's America's last frontier industry, I think you're seeing that play out in unique ways here in Arizona. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so then on the flip side, what is it like on um, what, so what is, if you're on the business side of the cannabis industry here, again, you're working with like what, 70% of the retail community. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
Also, this has been unique to me in that when I'm participating in these Zoom meetings every couple of weeks, it's like everyone's got their videos on. Yeah. They're so interactive. I'm working with a dozen plus different associations and the just that collaboration, the openness of sharing information. Yeah. That is very unique, yeah. I think, to Arizona. So like how what are what are the actual operators, you know, how, what is their culture like? Are they did you guys all have to come together to get Prop 207 off the ground? And how Absolutely. are people now working together? Yeah, I think that what you're uh, kind of nipping at the heels at is this reality that something that underpins the Arizona market, and I, I, I know that this isn't unique, but I think that some of the more mature markets have lost their connection to this, is that it remains the fact that our largest competitor is the illicit market. And the only way that we can can attack that is as if we work as a community of regulated cannabis entrepreneurs together. Um, and that's something that has been at the core of the association and frankly it's been at the core of the Arizona ecosystem since the beginning. And that has been our guiding light. So in some ways it's a lot like the National Football League or the National Basketball Association where we all are different franchises and teams, right? So on game day, you know, you're, you're my opponent and I'm, I'm running after you, right? But at the end of the day, let's come together and let's make the sport a better sport. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and Which I love how you do that in yeah. your emails, by the way. So Sam, whenever he sends out his, you know, monthly or, or sometimes weekly emails, you'll put Seneca quotes in there. <laughs> like you'll put, I think I've seen maybe some Eckhart Tolle or you're very yeah. spiritual in your, which also I love about the cannabis community. It's 100%. one of the things that drives yeah. me is that yeah. people in this are, it's not just a business and that's part of why I was asking that question. Yeah. It really is an industry that just so deeply touches people at their core for a bevy of different reasons. Yes, but yes. I just have to say, I love that you, Thank you. pepper yes. that in because I've, I spent my career working in tech and I can't remember any emails in which, you know, an executive director or a founder of a company was really kind of coming at this conscious, yeah. you know, leadership. Well, and I think, and I, I, I would love to take some credit for that, but at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the medium that we work with has that thread through civilization where tech, you know, was a relatively recent phenomenon, right? right? That, that, you know, kind of connection to the roots isn't really there. Whereas you know, at least 30,000 years, probably tens of thousands of years before that, uh, hemp and cannabis have been an integral part of human civilization. So I think to ignore that fact, to ignore the legacy market, it's the only reason why the regulated market is where it's at today. Um, I, I think those things do a disservice to consumers and to every piece of the ecosystem. So that's that's one of the reasons why that thing is, that, that idea is always central to the work that I do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's that sharing and collaboration is yes. important. Yeah. Okay, so one of the other really interesting things to me about, or and actually one of the most fun things to me about working in the Arizona market is because everything is so new and the business is now really just maturing in the recreational, you know, it's, it's going from medical to recreational, which means it's more big business, I'll yeah. say. So with that, it's like y'all are learning about new technologies and new partners, and so much of this is just new to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I also have to say, I very much appreciate you always giving me the opportunity to come kind of talk about what we're doing at Headset and yeah. kind of put emails out there for us because that's one of the like things that has, it's really um, can be a challenge to educate a new cannabis community where you're just coming out of a policy change when all like heads are down 
and just servicing demand. So you don't really have time often at this early of a stage to be thinking strategically or understanding really how this market is going to unfold in terms of the partners that are, and by partners, I mean the ancillary companies, Mm -hmm. the producer companies that you're going to have continuing to come in from other states that are going to be big brands out here. So a lot of this is all happening in real time. And so I'm just wondering, you know, as you're like, what does that look like for Arizona right now? Like, are there like handfuls of part, like tech partners in particular is what I'm interested in. Yeah. And are there any kind of pain points in the supply chain being this early that you're hoping they're going to solve? Yeah, I think there's a lot in that question, but I'll, I'll answer it in a couple of different ways. One, I'll say that Arizona's always been a very libertarian place, right? We're the home of Barry Goldwater, right? Um, and and because of that, we're never going to be a market, or at least I'll say it's very unlikely that we'll ever be a market that mandates something like metric or you know any of those kind of central hubs. It's always very much of a let the market decide type of place. And I think in the tech environment where we're at right now, that allows companies to be able to thrive that have a product that works well for their consumer, um, both directly and indirectly through that end consumer of the dispensary. Right, so you know, essentially every POS solution is here in Arizona. Um, every data solution is is attempting to be here in Arizona, and I think those that are positive solutions for their customers are the ones that are thriving. Um, and you know, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously. Uh, for many people, cannabis is a left of center idea, and what I just outlined is a very right of center, pro market, free market idea. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about this plant. It's universal, it's, it's utilitarian, and whoever approaches it is, is, is who receives it in that yeah. way. And, and I think that, for, for me anyway, that's that tech landscape. Is whoever's going to be successful is who the market wants to use. And yeah. that's one of the beautiful things about Well, and about who Arizona. invests the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason I was asking that question is because when I'm working with so many different operators in different states, there's very much, um, not every tech is everywhere because it's impossible to do that because, Absolutely. and I'll speak from, like from a tech company side, there is no way to really, you'd have to have so many boots on the ground that are really understanding each market right. and then being able to spend the time to go build the relationship. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that tech companies, you often pick the markets and you say, hey, we're gonna build because we understand the compliance. Yeah. We understand the policies, we understand the supply chain, the, op- the main operators in this market, so we're gonna focus here. Right. So then what happens is it results in uh, limited um, options for the state versus the breadth of what I see in California, for example. Right. So like, and I'll put this into a little more context, Arizona, there's like five main point of sale systems that are used here from the majority of the market. California, there's like 12 of them. Mm. So you see this big differential in just kind of how companies are focusing on understanding that market or really focusing on that market. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see, just to understand that from you at this early of a stage in the market. Right, and we are early in adult use, right? But a lot of the way that our initiative was kind of crafted was that the only folks that got into the adult use market from the jump were folks that were operating in the medical market, right? So the folks who are here have been here for about a decade. Um, uh, to start. Oh. <laughs> oh no, not the TV. Oh, the TV. You guys are like All right. Okay, perfect. It lives. <laughs> it lives. Well, so I guess. Sorry. Yeah, you'll, I'm sure you'll cut that out. <laughs> well, okay. So to close us out, I mean, any like excite? Like, what are you most excited about for you know the next year? What do you think is yeah. you know I don't know going to have the most growth? Yeah, I, I think 
So for me, and obviously Arizona is is much more than just a desert. But um, uh, everyone should come and visit at any time of the year, right? But I think for me, living in the desert, living in the Phoenix area, um, uh, one of the things that always strikes me is that life finds a way. Um, this is a desert, right? We sometimes get five inches of rain throughout an entire calendar year. And I think that you know, as, as legalization sweeps the nation and potentially becomes federally legal, all of the producers and all of the retailers are going to experience downward pricing pressure. Yeah. But I think in a market like Arizona, yes. we're going to be a place where life will find a way and cannabis will find a way to continue to be successful. We're uh, a state of about 8 million people, um, uh, many of those 21 and over. Um, and we are home to the Phoenix Open. We're here right now enjoying a golf tournament, right? So uh, uh, the Phoenix Open, the greatest show on grass is here. We're a, a regular host of the Super Bowl, of the NCAA um, uh, Final Four. So in addition to having a very healthy population, we have a very healthy rotation of visitors yeah. um, who spend significant amounts of time here. So Arizona will always be a strong market, regardless of that kind of race to a downward pricing pressure. And, and I'm extremely bullish even though i'm biased i'm a biased bull but i'm extremely <laughs> bullish on both the near-term and long-term future of the arizona cannabis market yeah. yeah and thank you so much for the time yeah, it's been great absolutely. to be here absolutely yeah. let's not blow away now yeah. <laughs> where, where can people go what do they learn, what do they learn? azdispensaries.org and we're on instagram at arizona.dispensaries